Welcome to Speak Up with Rita Burke and Elton Brown. David, it's such a delight and a pleasure to have you on Speak Up with us today. Now, not so long ago, you had the position of Club Good Director for District 60. I'm very curious. Would you walk us through what that experience was like for you and what learnings came out of it? Thank you, Rita. The experience of being Club Growth Director last year for District 60, in the midst of a pandemic, it was a very interesting experience because the role of the Club Growth Director basically has two functions, to make sure that our clubs that are existing now continue to grow and thrive, as well as looking for opportunities to charter new clubs because like most things in life, nothing stands still. If we rest on our laurels, we will go nowhere fast. The world will pass us by. So what I learned from this was it was constant attention to how are the clubs doing? What is happening with the clubs in terms of their membership growth? How are their meetings going? What do we need to do to help those clubs be the most successful clubs that they can be and provide that opportunity for members to learn public speaking and leadership skills. So that meant getting the pulse of what's happening with the clubs and seeing where District 60 can offer any kind of support. For instance, once last year, we had a workshop on how corporate clubs were thriving in the midst of the pandemic when most corporate clubs were struggling as an example, when COVID hit, we found out that a lot of corporate clubs were struggling because members were working from home. They had family commitments being at home. So the lunch hour where the typical corporate club would have their meeting was a struggle now to maintain that hour because of other commitments. Or we're finding that anecdotally, at least, because of the pandemic, people are no longer working a very structured workday, people are working pretty much very early in the morning to very late at night. So sometimes meetings are scheduled for work during the same time that the club meeting was being held. So we wanted to find out which clubs were struggling, but we also found out there were clubs that are actually doing well. And they were the ones that were able to tell us what worked for them in terms of membership growth strategies or what was available for them to make sure that the meetings were vibrant and if they needed to get together with other clubs they did or if they brought in guest speakers they did it was great to have that but what club growth directors meant to me was it was really getting into seeing how the district operates because as we are an amalgamation or a conglomeration of clubs and when those clubs are doing so well we as a district don't do as well you continue to uh, serve the district this year. Can you tell us a little bit about your role and how you are contributing to the district's well-being? So for the current year, this director, Anita Patak, asked me to serve as administration manager. And I'm very happy to take that role. In a previous time when I was a Toastmaster years ago. I had this role earlier, but it was called secretary at that point. My job is to make sure that 
the meetings have minutes to each meeting that we have for all the district meetings, meaning a district executive committee or district council meeting. Sometimes we have minutes for other special meetings, making sure that when we have uh, Zoom meetings that registrants are registering for Zoom, if not sending out messages to them to remind them that there is a Zoom meeting. So it's very much the part of administration that I think sometimes our district directors may take on themselves, but with delegation, I think is better suited for this administration manager role so that the district director can focus on the big issues that affect the district and the administration manager handles the more day-to-day -day type of activities needed to make the district work. So in addition to that, I am serving uh, as the club support chair in the club growth director team. And right now what we're doing is we've just sent out a survey to all of our corporate clubs asking them questions about who in their club is their champion? Because, or sorry, who in their corporation is their champion? Because what we wanna know is who in that corporation can really be the impetus for getting excitement in that corporate club what we're finding is through past international director, Pat Johnson's book and from a conversation with her is that Toastmasters typically takes a community club model and we put it into the corporate club environment and expect it to work. And in some cases it does, but in many cases we believe it doesn't. Partly because perhaps the corporation provides financial support to all of its members for that corporate club but also, we think that if Toastmasters is viewed more as something that the corporation embraces, such as a training program sponsored by human resources, rather than simply being, oh, yes, we have a Toastmasters club. If you're interested, go join the club. If we can get the corporate buy-in to really say, yes, this is important. We believe our employees need this. We want to know who that person is and go to them and then try to get Toastmasters in as a training program and perhaps getting managers and supervisors to include Toastmasters as part of the employee's performance review. Or even perhaps when we look at the structure of a corporate club, it's not just that the person is a president or a VP education or a treasurer or secretary, anything like that, but maybe there ought to be linkages between those roles and the corporation so that the president of the club is meeting with maybe a division manager every quarter, or the treasurer is talking to the budget people at the corporation, or the VP of membership is talking to HR, the VP of public relations is talking to marketing. Because if you can bring all those resources back into the club and have all that synergy, we believe the corporate club can thrive if we keep the model as it is, because corporate clubs have a very limited pool from which they can bring in new members, it's going to be a very much a struggle to keep the corporate club going, at least going and having vibrant, exciting meetings. I hear what you say loud and clear, David. I, I believe though, that in order to implement that Pat Johnson's model into corporate clubs, it will call for a huge paradigm 
mindset change and switch. But I don't doubt in the least that it could, it's very possible to do. Could you comment a little bit on that for me? I would agree with you 100%. It is a total shift in the, of the mindset, as they say, a paradigm shift. And it's probably a paradigm shift of, say, epic proportions or almost to the point where it's an earthquake. Because I think what happens, and this is me anecdotally saying this, is that after time in our corporate clubs, if we're not careful, we get into the mindset that this is a corporate club and this is what we do. And it's, we may have 15 members and six show up in a meeting and that's okay. So we just keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. But then the idea of let's change isn't there. It, it just seems like it's uh, a challenge because maybe people just don't know that there's this other model. And that's what we're trying to do is get that word out. So I think what would be very exciting to see is if we had a few clubs that could tell us who these champions are and get something going this year, maybe three, four clubs, whatever, still working on some ideas on how to do that with our, the help of our club growth director, Angela Ho, if we can get something started this year, then maybe next year it can grow a little bit more. I'll get the seed planted now and see the benefits toward the end of this current Toastmasters year, maybe even into next year. But if we can see that turnaround little by little, I think it could be something exciting. Two are in two roles this year. And between the two roles, have you had a oh my God moment? And if so, can you elaborate? I'd have to say my oh my God moment has yet to come. I would like to see an oh my God comment uh, point arrive when something happens with our corporate clubs. But if you're looking for something that's happened recently or in the recent past, I would say that my, oh my God moment is, <laughs> I do this with very much love and passion for Toastmasters, but like many of us, I have a career that I have to support also. And the, oh my God moment is, I think I would have others agree with me from at least recently with the COVID pandemic that, oh my God, look how many hours I'm working. And now to fit Toastmasters on top of that, it's no wonder I don't have any hair. I feel alone because I'm just, I'm just about ready to join that, that membership program that you're on, the No Hair Club, <laughs> and, and basically for the, the same reasons. So what do you like doing outside of work, outside of Toastmasters? What are your passions? What allows you to relax when you are not in gear? So in, I have to answer this in a couple of ways. So for the last two years, I'll say outside of work and outside of Toastmasters, I spend my time sleeping because I have very little time for that. But what I love to do is I'd like to think of myself as a lifetime learner. And I have 
over the years, and I got fairly good at it, I believe. I played in a little pickup band. I play guitar, and I love playing guitar, but I like playing guitar with others. I do playing alone just to pass the time and take my mind away from concerns and worries and things like that. But when there's the opportunity to play with others, it's just so much fun and so relaxing. And then I also like to go over to Toronto Dance, Toronto Dance Salsa and take salsa lessons or bachata lessons and just get better at those because I just find the salsa dancing and the bachata dancing. When I come back, I'm so relaxed. It just feels like oh, just wonderful. And I also like to do other things to read. Over the years, I've been trying to get my Spanish language back to where it could have been when I lived in Puerto Rico. But over the years, I haven't used it as much, so I don't remember it as much. And I just want to keep that as up to date as I can. But other times, I just like to visit family and just do, you know, periodically just say, hi, how are you? Get together and go have fun. And if I, had 30, if I had 36 hours in a day, I could do all this. But unfortunately, I don't. And I'm trying to get my life back to a point where I can start doing these things more. As we all are, I think, as, as Toastmasters and all the myriad of things that we do outside of it in order to keep us in balance, which I think is really important. I know that you were part of a club uh, that I think was at a college of sorts. And it was basically where you had an opportunity to use your second language, which is, I'm assuming, which is Spanish. Mm -hmm. How did that feel? Were you able to communicate with these individuals? And how beneficial was it for you as a Toastmaster being part of chartering such club? That experience was challenging because I was around native speakers. So for me, being a person who is not a native Spanish speaker, I found myself understanding most of what was said. But when I tried to respond, my brain was just ready to think in English. And then I'd have to think, okay, now how do I say this in Spanish? Como se dice en español? And then by the time I'm ready to say something, the whole point of responding had gone by. The ship had sailed. So <laughs> it, it was mixed. I did enjoy it, but I also found that it was a challenge because we were really pushing to be Spanish only. And there were a few of us that were just struggling with the Spanish only. But I'm glad to see that around the GTA and now with COVID, with the virtual meeting, that there are more opportunities to do that. And a lot of the clubs now that are Spanish speaking are bilingual. Sounds to me, David, as if you have a full plate with your personal life, plus with your Toastmaster responsibilities, but you're managing them well. But before we bring this podcast to a close, let me tell you that had we known that you were a guitar player and that you played in a band, I would certainly have asked for you to play us a tune at the beginning at the top of this interview. So you are very fortunate you didn't tell us that before. But I, I want to end this now by saying 
we certainly appreciate your taking the time to come chat with us and to show us and to tell us and to support everything that you've done as a Toastmaster to contribute to District 60. Again, I say a hearty thank you to you, David. Thank you. This has been very enjoyable and I'm always glad to talk about Toastmasters. You already know that, David. <laughs> Have a good evening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Speak Up. To discover upcoming podcasts, please go to www.toastmaster6060.com. Under News and Events, look for the District 60 newsletter to locate the schedule.